Well, hello there. It is great to see you again and welcome back to another installment of Lessons by the Lake, the Oswego Private Wealth Show. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and in a few moments, I'll be bringing aboard really the star of our show, Mr. Bob Bedritus, the Managing Director of Oswego Private Wealth Management. Uh, and for those of you that are joining us maybe for the first time here on this episode, I recommend traveling back and checking out our inaugural episode to learn a little bit more about Bob, his work at Oswego Private Wealth, and then, of course, uh, just really what this show is all about. But for a little slice of that, what this show is all about is we're, we're really diving into wealth management related discussing discussions each episode. Bob is basically bringing the same conversations that he's having with his clients at Oswego Private Wealth right here onto this show. So we're going to discuss strategies, solution, tips and tricks for helping to bolster a financial portfolio and really put people on a path to living an amazing life of significance. In our initial episode, Bob and I took a deep dive into this idea of the stress test, what this process looks like, why it's beneficial, who it's beneficial for, just a lot of great information packed into this pretty universal strategy. I would recommend traveling back and checking that one out if you did miss our inaugural episode. But today we're going to be diving into something a little different. Today what we're addressing is a key ingredient that makes a good wealth manager a great one. You see, obviously the affluent clients of today, they want to make sure they're working with a wealth manager that has, you know, of course the technical expertise, but you know, that's not enough apparently these days. And Bob's going to share his thoughts on this and why he believes there's another piece to this puzzle. So that being said, let's go ahead and bring out Bob and get today's conversation going. Bob, good to see you. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. Thank you, Ryan. Good to see you. So, Bob, to get our conversation rolling today, uh, you know, there's this idea that affluent families, they want to be they want to be working with the right individual for them, uh, not only an individual that needs to have a a you know, high level of technical experience, but one that brings everything to the table when they get ready to sit down and meet to discuss a financial portfolio. Bob, you're a firm believer that that affluent families and business owners, they need to be demanding more from the financial advisor or wealth manager they choose to work with these days. Why is that? Well, yeah, thank you. That's, that's a great question. And I think the starting point is just to acknowledge that affluent people have complex financial needs. Uh, they might own a business, they could have uh, various trusts, they could have real estate investments, assets um, in various and sundry places. And at the end of the day, I think it's just table stakes. You have to work with a wealth manager, financial advisor who has that expertise and has that, as you said, that technical brilliance. But I think the great wealth managers are great listeners. They're great at understanding their clients. They're really superb at asking the right questions and understanding what it is, what the goals are to help the client get to the results they need. So start is there, they listen much more than they speak. And the second part of that is they can explain things in a simple way, not simplistic, but in a simple way and to take all the complex and arcane things that our industry does such a wonderful job of doing to make it as, as confusing as an old uh, friend of mine used to say, baffle fog, everybody, and take it and put it into simple, take the complex and put it into simple terms because nobody should invest in anything if they don't understand it. 
Right you are, Bob. And I'm so glad you brought up that idea of listening. Boy, is that just so important. And boy, is it seen and felt from the client's perspective when they sit down with a given wealth manager. Uh, but Bob, let's identify what this missing link is. What would you say is the missing link that so these you know certain wealth managers these days need to be incorporating to, to really provide that, that wholesome approach to working with their clients? Well, I think they need to have a process. Uh, first of all, I think they need to be intellectually curious. Um, many financial advisors are not. They simply want to get the money, manage it, and aren't particularly interested necessarily always in going deeper and really finding out what, the what you and your family are interested in, in terms of what are your goals, what are your values, what are your interests, what relationships are critical to you, and what is the process that you'd like to work through, and then what other advisors are you connected to that they should know about. Not everybody's interested in doing that. Many financial advisors simply, and, and, and God bless them, but they're technically expert and they want to manage the money, uh, but taking it to that next level of truly understanding their client is not particularly where their skill set lies. You know, Bob, what we've we tend to hear across a variety of different industries is it comes back to this idea that's called the human element. You know, we see the human element being, you know, integrated into so many different industries. And, and now here we are talking about it and its place within wealth management as a whole. When I just say the phrase, the human element, what does that mean to you? What, what, are, you, what are we talking about here? I've always been intellectually curious. My, my Michelle laughs at me at and how much I want to understand about the world around me. And of course, I, uh, as far as the world around me, I'm sure I understand an infinitesimal part of it, but I'm always curious about people and I love people's stories. Um, I'm, I really get energized by understanding how that business owner started the business and what, or even if it's a second generation, what the goals are, what the values are of that family, of that business. And I think that's the most critical thing for me is, and I think that's what people should look for when they're trying to interview and look for a wealth manager. They should, they should see what the process is. If that wealth manager simply wants to, uh, wants to calculate up the assets and put it together in, a, in an asset allocation plan and focus on the investments, that's one kind of advisor. But if somebody's truly asking the questions about what's important to you, the client, and what are you trying to accomplish? Because at the end of the day, it's all about results. Uh, how the money's invested is important and a critical part of it. Let's assume that expertise is there, but then really putting together a plan that's contemporary, that's effective, that accomplishes the goals that the client's looking to, to, to put forward. That's the critical part of it. And of course, situations change, circumstances change. So what could be a really solid plan today moving forward might in fact be outdated or needs tweaking over time. And I think it's critical then that who, whatever wealth manager one chooses, that that wealth manager has a process to systematically stay in touch, review what's going on and continue to tweak the plan and build it based on ever-changing life circumstances. 
Uh, Bob, I love that you've now brought it really full circle to back to kind of what we talked about in our first episode with the stress test as a whole, you know, that systematic approach to evaluating somebody's financial circumstances. Uh, it really is a robust system that you and your team implement over at Oswego Private Wealth. And and really, there is a place for the human element within that. You know, you had mentioned uh, the kickoff meeting or the discovery process, that initial touch point with a new client. Could you maybe talk to us uh, in a little more depth about where the human element plays a role within this idea of of the the stress test and the, that that initial discovery process mm -hmm. uh, thank you yes absolutely another another great question well when when we sit down for the first meeting which we call the discovery meeting um i will be very very curious and ask lots of questions some related specifically to their financial lives and some related to their a client's overall life and, and what they're trying to accomplish. And as I go through that questionnaire, that discovery process, again, we start by asking about goals and then we come a little more, become a little more granular or talk about the values, the assets, the relationships, the other advisors, what their interests are. And ultimately everybody has an answer, whether they've thought it through profoundly or whether they're uh, it's a little more superficial, but everybody has an answer to what they want their life to stand for. And that's what I'm digging for. That's what I really want to know. Yes, of course, we want to look at their tax returns, uh, their current investments and get a sense of their real estate, get a sense of what they're doing now. But we really want to know what's important to them. And then from what's important to them, um, I, I think it's valuable to then be able to review what they're doing and what they've done in the past. So as an example, um, I had a business owner very recently um, in the last year, a, a little over a year ago, uh, come in and they had beautifully, beautifully executed estate plan, the documents. Uh, they even had their healthcare, their durable healthcare powers of attorney down to which doctor makes the decision to pull the plug by name, <laughs> uh, who that guy will be, it was a guy in this, in this situation. Everything was exactly in place, but from five years ago, things had changed a little bit. There were three children involved in the business, uh, or actually there were three children not involved in the business, three children, one, two of them in the business, one really had a passion to take that business and, and move it on forward as the next generation. One was just kind of hanging out because he didn't have a lot to do. And there was a daughter who was not involved in the business at all. And that was a good plan at the time when the business owner was making plans, thinking about the future. It was an excellent plan, but the situation changed. And ultimately we were able to redraft a plan looking at asset protection and succession planning. And we were able to come up with a plan that satisfied what the client really wanted to accomplish and ultimately the son will take over, the one son will take over the business and the other two children will be compensated and made whole and, uh, and uh, but not necessarily through the assets of the business. So the original plan was everything was equal, although that wasn't necessarily fair to the, to the one son that was running the business. And ultimately everybody was taken care of and the business is going to thrive, I'm confident for at least another generation, if not beyond that, because of the planning we were able to do. But my, my emphasis is the original plan was fine for what it was at the time. 
but the stress test that we uh, that we implemented made all the difference in the world and we could not have gotten there had we not discovered the human element and what the family dynamics were and what we were trying to what our clients were trying to accomplish Oh, Bob, that really is a home run of an example right there. I mean, you just said they, they thought their plan was in order. So, and boy, boy, were they probably glad to have gone through that process and uncover some of those additional factors at play. Uh, but Bob, you know, I have a little bit of a, a quick question for you, I guess, is do you ever go through a stress testing process with, with a client of yours or maybe a, a prospective new client even, and you find that the stress test really reveals no problems at all? Yeah, actually, that's a great joy for me to be able to find a situation where things are actually in pretty good shape. And we do find that from time to time that people really have terrific plans in, in place. And of course, they then can uh, then they can leave that series of meetings with uh, with a real confidence and a peace of mind that they've done some really great planning and things are in place. Most of the time we find that people do have some gaps in their planning. There are one or two or three or four areas that we can improve upon their situation. But from time to time, we do absolutely find people who've done a great job and they just got confirmed um, that their planning's in, in good shape. And I think, I think that helps them sleep a little bit better at night. So. Bob, I'd love to play a little game of hypotheticals with you here. You know, we had mentioned at the top of the show that affluent families and individuals, they want to make sure they're working with the right wealth manager, somebody who brings that technical expertise uh, to the table. But also, you're, you know, we're, here we are diving into this idea of the human element today. For, for the average Joe, for any other client, I would imagine it's relatively easier to size up an advisor or a wealth manager's given level of technical expertise, but it's probably a little tougher to evaluate whether or not they're really incorporating the human element. Let's say you're the client, Bob. If you're going in and you're vetting different wealth managers to see which one's the right fit for you, what would tell you that a wealth manager is incorporating that human element and they really are uh, making sure that they're abiding by this complete wealth management approach. Well, listen, out, outside of wealth management, I certainly have other professionals that I've hired that assist me in, in what I'm doing. Attorneys, CPAs, uh, vendors of various, various sorts, uh, bookkeepers, so on and so forth, IT. Uh, for me, it's those same, it's those same two elements. Uh, and this is what I would recommend somebody looking for a wealth manager. Number one, do they take the time to listen and truly try to inculcate and understand who you are, what your goals and desires are, and what the results need to be or should be and what we're trying to accomplish? And secondly, can they communicate in a way that you can understand what they're saying. Again, very complex things. I mean, particularly in the areas of law with estate planning or tax strategies and tax mitigation strategies with CPAs or, or, the, or the different areas of wealth management. Can they explain it to me in a way that I can be confident that I understand what's going on? Because I don't think anyone should invest in anything they don't understand. I don't think they should sign legal documents that they don't understand. And that would be my starting point always is, is does that individual or a group of individuals, well, does that individual take the time to understand me? Can they synthesize what I'm saying? And then most importantly, can they create a plan around what's critical to me? 
because it's one thing to have nice conversations and say, wow, what a, what a great gal, what a great guy. They were so empathetic in their conversation. And then they come back with a plan of sorts that you're wondering, where were all my answers? <laughs> How did they, none of those came into this plan? Um, and again, they, again, and avoid that product centric advisor would be my advice. Somebody who's only interested in managing the money and not particularly interested in who you are and who your family is and what's important to you. Alrighty. So Bob, let's flip back now to your role as a wealth manager and let, let's get into your discovery process a little bit. Uh, you talk to me about what that meeting looks like for the client. You know, what types of questions are you asking uh, to really, th or that really incorporate that human element that we're talking about today? What, what kind of questions are you, are you batting lead off with? Well, it's, uh, by the way, Ryan, it's not as daunting as it sounds, but I do have a, I do have a list, a formal list of 61 questions uh, that I want to go through. Now, we may skip one or two, but we may dig much deeper in, in one or two or three of those as well. But we start out with goals. Uh, you know, or I, I'm sorry, excuse me, we start out with values. What's important? What is the end game? What are we trying to accomplish? Then we'll talk about goals, kind of bring it down a little more tactically into what those goals are. We want to talk about relationships. Uh, spouses, children, grandchildren generally are, are on that list pretty immediately. But in addition to that, there are other relationships, employees, business partners, uh, charities are important in, in relationships to, to many. And then we're going to, and then yes, we do talk about the actual assets. Where is the money? How is it? How are things structured? Um, I want to ask about advisors. Who's your CPA? Who's your attorney? Who do you rely on for advice? And how do you think through and how do you make decisions along those ways? Which leads me to process. I very much want to know process on how people. Um, I use the word twice in one podcast, synthesize information. How do they like to learn? Are they visual? Are they auditory? Are they kinesthetic? Do they, do they, um, do they want to be very hands-on? Do they want to meet continually throughout the course of a year? Do they want to say, let's meet quarterly, let's meet semi-annually? Uh, of course, I always have a predilection. I want to meet as often as we need to and as often as possible, never less than once a year, but sometimes... Um, and quarterly would be ideal from my perspective, but sometimes clients are the Zoom call, the telephone call, not, and particularly through these COVID times, but we haven't been meeting in, in person as much as we would like to. And I want to go through that. And then, I'll, and then I want to know interest. Are you a golfer? Are you a tennis player? Do you like to knit? Do you love to travel? Are you a wine connoisseur? I, I just love to learn. I, I just love to get to know people and what drives them. And ultimately, as I'm asking those questions, I have five touch points in mind. Number one, I want to help our clients, and a good wealth manager should feel the same way in my judgment. Uh, number one, make smart decisions about money. Number two, mitigate taxes. Uh, number three, take care of the heirs, take care of those relationships, take care of those family members, those, those people that are important to you. Uh, Next, protect the assets against unnecessary litigation or divorce and build a wall around those assets and protect those assets. And last of all, magnify the charitable gifts. Many of our clients are very, very generous people and there are causes that they care deeply about and we want to help them 
magnify those those charitable gifts and make a significant impact to the charities that they care about. Oh, Bob, I love that you have such a, a robust list of questions that, okay, sure, I can understand why they'd be a little daunting. But at the end of the day, there's a method to that madness. You need to get into the heart of the client's goals and aspirations. What really, you know, what really resonates in their life and what's important to them. And, and you're not going to be able to achieve that with just a handful of questions. So uh, I love, thank you for kind of walking through what that looks like and how that feels from the client's perspective, because there's a lot of value in that discovery process that I'm sure anybody can see. Uh, and it's just great to know that you guys dive to such a deep granular level, given the amount of questions and, and that that process unfolding overall. Uh, but Bob, you know, for for anybody that's joining us on our conversation today, and maybe they're taking something away with it from it, you know, they're, they're, they're liking this idea of the human element, they're interested in the idea of a stress test, and maybe it's even something that they should be considering themselves, given their current, you know, how their lives have changed, or, or given their current financial portfolio. What would you say is the best way uh, that somebody could go ahead and reach out to you and your team at Oswego Private Wealth to maybe have have an initial conversation to see maybe if there's a fit or even just to go through a stress testing process themselves? What's the best way they should get in touch with you and your team? Well, I would say go to our website, our, our website, OswegoPrivateWealth.com. And through that, there's a there's an ability to schedule a uh, an initial telephone call or perhaps even a Zoom meeting. Uh, to see if if there's a good if there's a good fit if we can help them, um, my mission driven purpose, if you will, is that I want to work with a select group of successful families, businesses, that I where I can make a profound difference in their lives, and I through that initial consultation, uh, let's determine together whether I feel I can make that difference or you agree and feel I can make that difference. And if not, um, I certainly could refer that potential person to somebody that I know in this industry and trust and has a similar process to mine where the human element comes into play. Uh, but that initial phone call is free. Uh, there's no obligation. It's a very easy way just to discuss what the situation is and see if we might be a good fit together. Awesome. All right, Bob. Well, hey, look, I really appreciate you carving some time out of your day today to be with us to talk about the, you know, the human element and stress testing. I have a feeling that uh, this isn't going to be the last time that we're going to be touching on the human element and uh, its way that it incorporates itself into a stress test and really just wealth management as a whole. Uh, but appreciate you being on board with us, sharing some of your time with us today. And I'm looking forward to some future conversations with you on this show. Well, thank you, Ryan. So good to be with you. Alrighty. Hey, and we want to take one final moment to say thank you right to our audience for joining us on the show today. If you liked what you saw, maybe you benefited from something in the conversation today, do us a favor, subscribe to the show on whichever platform you're checking us out on. And then of course, share this information with friends, family, business owners, because at the end of the day, this show is meant for you. These are wealth management strategies, lessons by the lake that we would love to you know, bring you along for. We've got some great conversations teed up for some future episodes, some great strategies to unpack with Bob, and we'd hate to have you miss out on any potentially beneficial information for you and yours. So for Mr. Bob Bedritus, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're going to go ahead and say so long today, but we appreciate you being with us on today's installment of Lessons by the Lake. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. 
The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. No strategy assures success or protects against loss.